Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast with Tony Maradero. 55 seconds left in the penalty, a minute and 27 seconds left in regulation time. Boston 4, Montreal 3. Lafleur coming out rather gingerly on the right side. He gives it into Lemaire, back to Lafleur. The Sickest Montreal Canadiens Podcast. <laughs> you know, I, 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 there is a ball! Sports entertainment like no other. Rejoint, on lui fait perdre la rondelle une passe devant. Et c'est bon, You found the dogs! John, you found the dogs! He found the dogs! And all together, they worked the young team to the top. And now, a 24th Stanley Cup banner will hang from the rafters of the famous forum in Montreal. The Canadians win the Stanley Cup. Brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. La Vida TV. It's going to be sick. Marinaro on this Thursday night. It is March 30th. The Montreal Canadiens lose by a score of 5-2 to two at the Bell Center versus the Florida Panthers in the game that everyone was looking at. Please don't let them go to overtime. We don't want both teams to pick up points. We want, uh, you know, one team to maybe gain a little bit of ground in the standings, but the other team not to lose. So, no, one team has to win the game, and in the end, it was the Florida Panthers. To tell you the truth, I don't even know if it was the Panthers that won this game. It almost seems like Matthew Kachuk, uh, just what a day after his father went on um, with my buddy Carlo Koliakovo on the radio and called out the Panthers for their lack of toughness, for being soft, uh, for, for being an easy team to play against. Well, guess how the Panthers respond? Two games and two nights in Toronto last night in overtime by a score of three to two. And this one wasn't close at the Bell Center, not at all, even though the Canadians. Uh, started off with a one nothing lead a minute 23 into the game when Sean Farrell scored his first NHL goal. We'll talk about that in just a minute. But then, my God, the Florida Panthers went to work. And really, it was Matthew Kachuk who scored three goals in this hockey game, the last one being an empty netter. But he also added a helper. Lundell scores his first of two. Kachuk scores three. Lundell scores two. His first of two for Lundell was off of a rebound off of Matthew Kachuk's shot. That gave Samuel Montembeau some difficulty. Montembeau was left to himself tonight. Uh, It was one of those games where you could tell there's very few games left in the schedule. And now there's six games after tonight. It's one of those games where you can tell that the Canadians were already mathematically eliminated from a playoff spot. Guys were playing with... um, with eggs in their in the, in their in their pockets tonight, they were playing not to get hurt. They're playing for the season to end. I'm sorry if that's a little bit strong, but that's the way I feel. Hey, maybe some guys will deny it, admit it, whatever. But we're going to talk to a former NHLer, George Larac, in just a minute, and we'll see what George has to say about that. But first, want to tell you that the Sick Podcast is brought to you in part by Labit at TV. Embrace your true nature. Labit at TV is brewed in Quebec. So winner of a dozen international awards, it offers quality microbrewery beers made with premium ingredients for everyone's taste and also brought to you in part by Energy Transportation Group, a leading full-service logistics provider serving all of North America. They are driven to be different. George, what's going on? What's up, Tony? How are you doing, Tony? Very good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I just, uh, I just got back from Bell Center, actually. All right. Yeah, because you don't live too far from the arena. Yeah, well, in South Shore, but uh, you take uh, the Pont Victoria, and uh, it takes about 20 minutes, so it was easy. All right, okay. So, uh, wow, you must have just got home then. Fantastic stuff. Okay. Uh, Are you with me on this one? Let's start with this. Matthew Kachuk beat the Canadians by himself tonight. Okay. Okay. To start, Tony, I want to tell disappointing that I am. And the reason I was disappointing is I was with my kids tonight, first game that they get to see live at uh, Bell Center was the birthday. And I told my son that it was actually to watch one of the one of the games for the Montreal Canadian that are in a lost cause with rebuilding cause. Um, I said, tonight is going to be a very good night because um, when those last couple games, they had nothing to play for. Now there was something to play for tonight. There's a couple guys that played for the Panthers that are, that are with Montreal that want to prove something. And also, 
the Montreals could have played the spoilers. And when you could play the spoiler, it's kind of like something that you could play up to something. Like you're like, you know what? We're out, but we could hurt the Florida tempers, the Panthers. So I thought the effort was going to be there to kind of play the spoiler. And you were and talking tonight, about you were talking about Samuel Montembeau, Michael Matheson, and Mike Hoffman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All these guys that played for Florida, and I thought that they're going to play with a chip in their shoulder, and at the same time, they're going to make it hard for them. And tonight, no atmosphere at Bell Center. My son was like, "What's going on? Why there's not there's nothing? It was dead. It was like guys were playing like they already booked a ticket to go to vacation." And they didn't want to get hurt because sometimes towards the end of the season, you don't want to get hurt by blocking a shot for a shot for nothing. And then it hampers you in vacation. So guys packed it in tonight at Bell Center. And that was wrong. Yes, the Fort Lauderdale Panthers are a better team. Yes, they're playing for a playoff spot. But you can't have a performance like that at home with all these fans that were there. It was a sad game to watch. Yeah. From the hey, hey, George, I, man, I really appreciate the fact that you're doing this uh, uh, on a, a day where your kids are celebrating their birthday, man. If I would have known, I, I, I would have, I, you know, I would have put it off. I would have had somebody else to join me tonight. I mean, I, wow, you don't have to do that. But... Yeah, the, the, no, that's okay. They're turning 14 today and uh, they wanted so to for go those to who the don't game. know, you have twins, correct? Yeah, born a girl at uh, 14 years old. They turned 14 today and they wanted to go to Bell Center and, uh, Man, it were, they were, and that's their first experience. They, they've been there before when they were one years old, so they don't remember. Oh, at 14, wow. At 14 to see this game, uh, I, didn't, I didn't know what to say. It, it, was, okay. it was not so good. Now, I totally understand, and it's funny that you're saying this because this is how I started off the podcast, right? Started off saying that you can tell they were a team that got officially eliminated already. They were a team that already is counting down the amount of games they have left, counting down the amount of days. They look like a, a bunch of players who did not want to get hurt tonight, playing with eggs in their pockets, and none of them would get cracked or broken, uh, looking to go on vacation, looking to go somewhere hot. Having said that, George, I understand your disappointment, but I'm going to tell you this. George, this is common nature. Like, I, I don't want to make an excuse for them. And you're right, some teams do play spoiler. And I would have liked to have seen the Canadians rebound too because a couple of weeks ago they had probably their worst performance or one of their worst performance of the season in Florida. It was terrible, right? Where, uh, I don't know, I don't remember what the score was, but were they down 7-3 to three after the first period or whatever? Anyway, it was, was terrible. But um, I didn't expect much, George, and I don't expect much between now and the end of the year. I really don't. But you know, Tony, um, I'm going to agree with you with one thing. Um it is better that they lose every game to finish the season. It's, it is better. And I hope they do because uh, they have to draft in the top five. You cannot, you have to have a top five pick. You can't draft after five. After five, it's, it's not a home run. The top, five, the top five is we cannot pass these teams that are ahead of us. So hopefully they lose every game because they're rebuilding right now, winning, like with this team, with everything that we see, most guys that won't be back there next year, a lot of guys are getting opportunities now because veterans are not there. The team is hurt. So obviously some of the guys that were playing so good right now, I don't even think they're in the plan next year. So at this stage, just lose games. Just lose them all. Yeah. Um, like Martin St. Louis, you know, obviously he wants to win every game. And that's yeah. why he's not too happy about Sean Farrell uh, playing. But um, again, Sean Farrell is playing because when Montreal convinced him to sign with them, um, yeah. you know, the way it works is you promise the agent that he's going to play a couple of games so you can squash one year off his entry-level contract. That's how it works. That's how you convince guys from uh, college to sign with you. So they know they're going to have a couple of games to lose one game because everybody wants that country-level contract to be out so you can get a bigger yeah. contract. But aside from that... Um, for the GM, they know how important it is to draft top five. You know, I almost put an X on Bedard because we would have to be really lucky to get him. But if we get a top three picks by finishing like in the last five in the standing, yeah. it would be a home run for this team. Yeah, you know, it's, and, it's and, funny It's funny that all season I wanted them to lose games because I wanted them to have either be in on Connor Bedard or but, have but a top you know, three pick. And now, but, but now know, that everyone wants the out, okay. But Tony, but Tony, there's one thing, though, that, that, that I have to tell you regarding this. 
Tell me, my in friend. The big, in the beginning of the season, they were yeah. healthier. They were healthier and their core were playing. You don't want the core of your team using, losing, getting used to losing. But the more the season went, everybody's yeah. getting hurt. Now you have an American Hockey League on, on, like on the ice. What's the point of winning now? Like most of the, your core guys are hurt. They're not in the lineup. So it's not even going to hurt them if the They've team is losing. They've had an American Hockey League team for about a month, George. Yes, that's why, that's why now the win don't matter anymore. But in the beginning, when the full roster was there, Tony, that's why I was arguing with you because I was like, they got to have a winning mentality. But now there's no sense. They have to lose every game. The worst and, thing and, that and, happened to the Montreal Canadiens this year is that Samuel Montembeau stood on his head for five or six games and ended up stealing points for the Canadians that they had no business taking in those games. But, that's what happened. But at, yes, but at the same time, Samuel Montembeau showed everyone that he could be part of the solution with his core players to be a top two pl- a goalie with this team. The goalie, the team still need the number one goaltending, but now I'm more comfortable having Montembeau as a backup role with what I've seen this year. But, you know, Allen, they got to find a way to get rid of him. Uh, you know, he's going to be close to be untouchable with his, with his long-term contract, but he cannot be number one anymore. We all know Montembeau is not ready to be a number one yet, but, for number two, I think he could take quite a big load of games. But Montreal has to address this. You know, right now in the NHL, a lot of teams are looking for goalies. And yeah. Montreal, they're in a position that they're going to need that too. I thought Askarov could have been the one from Nashville. But yeah. now Nashville is going to rebuild with Askarov that has been playing unreal the last two months. And it's Seros that they're going to sacrifice in two years. And Montreal don't want Seros because he's going to be two years, too, young, too old. In two years, and they need someone young now. Would you go after Carter up. Hart? Would you go after Carter Hart? No, because you remember this team should be making the playoff in a regular basis in three years. Yeah. Yes, next year they could surprise. In two years they could, but yeah, in three yeah. years, yeah, I'm with you. Okay. For the next ten years, they'll be there. In three years, you look at all Carter Hart's going to be. And how many years he's going to have less with this team that's going to start starting to win. So I'd like to have a goalie younger than that that grows up with the, with this young core of guys that are there. But, you know, if it's got a heart, you have to have anyway. In the meantime, because there's no one else, I will take him. But I'd like someone younger. But again, um, Montreal is not going to be the only team with Tony, as you know, this summer that's going to try to find a goalie uh, for, for the young core guy because there's a lot of teams are rebuilding. Like They might not right even now. try this summer to find the young goalie. They might yeah, wait the year after that. Right. They might. You're 100% right. There's no rush right now to do so yeah. because the rebuilding, as long as those young guys are playing the, and, and you know, they, they have good veterans that are surrounded that, uh, surrounding these young guys because, you know, development is the key because it's one thing to have a lot of young players that yeah. you see you're developing these guys. But if you don't have the right core of veterans surrounding them, it's going to be like Edmonton. Edmonton was rebuilding for 10 years with first-round draft pick and all these young guys. They just learned how to lose. There was no good veteran around them to show them the way how to win. And it was a disaster. They had to draft McDavid, the best player in the world, maybe in the history of the NHL, and get rid of all these guys. So finally, you know, that team could start winning. All right, okay. Um, what did you make? Because Matthew Kachuk was unbelievable tonight. And I think it's no coincidence. I mean, I'm not saying that only his father motivated him because obviously he's an amazing player. I mean, he surpassed the 100-point mark tonight. And uh, boy, you know, if you thought that Calgary won that trade, boy, were you wrong because the best player in that deal, with all due respect to Jonathan Huberto right now anyway, is Matthew Kachuk, and you get the feeling he's going to get better because he hasn't even entered the prime of his career yet. And Jonathan Huberdeau, you would think, probably was in the prime last year. Having said that, well, what do you make of his father telling my buddy Carlo Koliakovo that uh, Matthew's team is soft, they don't finish their checks, they're an easy team to play against? What do you make of that? Okay, okay. Just and before what would you I think ans- if you, was, you okay. were his teammate? Okay, first of all, just before I answer this, I want to defend Huberto a bit. I've talked to some staff in the uh, Flames organization, and Sutter is uh, his style is too much on defense. He's not letting the offensive guy like be creative. He's too much about defense. That's why Huberto. We knew that already. We knew and, that already. And company. 
but I'm defending him a bit because it's not the same style. He's asking too much on defense. That's why he doesn't have the same points. But I love Roberto. They're going to fire Sutter after they don't make the playoff this summer and then wait to see the breakout year is going to have next year. That's what I have to say about Roberto. Okay, now, regarding now, hold on a second. I want to answer that. I want to answer that. So everything you're saying is true. Daryl Sutter is a, you know, he's Jacques Lemaire 2.0. All right. Very, very defensive coach. Very. Won Stanley Cups like that with the Los Angeles Kings, won two of them, and thinks the game has involved and you can still win cups like that. And he's wrong. Having said that, hold on. Hold on. Yeah. Matthew Kachuk picked up 104 points with the Calgary Flames last year. Yeah. Yeah. Same coach. Johnny Goodwill picked up 115. Yeah. Matthew Kachuk obviously is obviously the better player between the two. But I do think that when another coach is going to be better, the, the, the relationship between the two didn't start out well. And just so you know, if you have a guy that scored 115 points last year and you're the coach and you have a player coming to your team, you let him breathe. You let him play because obviously you know that he could put points up for you. You don't transform him into a defensive player and rip him in the media. You yeah. need the superstars to play for you. You can't be against them because at the end of the day, if the team has to pick between Huberto and Sutter, they're going to take Huberto. Yeah, so, and you're right about that. The sad reality is, is that Jonathan Huberto is not Daryl Sutter's kind of player. You can tell. You remember yeah. when he said that he went to the can? I mean, he tried to say it, whatever. I still don't get why he said it the way he said it. I don't know if he was trying to be funny oh. or whatever, but he ju- you can just tell yeah. he's not his kind of player. Yeah. Now to go back to the Kachuk. Yes. People, you have to know the history of Keith Kachuk because it's been, you know, I, I love I love his honesty. He's kind of like a Jeremy Ronick guy. He, he talks, he, 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 he walked the walk the way that he played in the NHL. And all his son plays with the same greedy style. He knows them well that when he's talking about Florida, he's not stupid. He knows his son is the best player. He knew while he was talking his son at 97 points. He knows yeah. his son is gritty. So he knew that when he was talking about toughness, his son brings it on the table and his son cannot feel like, like bad about what his dad said. Obviously, yeah. I'm pretty, knowing Matthew and any player, he would have loved his dad to just shut up and not to say anything because you're an assist, assistant captain of this team. Your teammates going to look into you. They're going to ask you about it. And he's going to say, you know what? I can't call you my dad. I'm sorry, guys. My dad said that. It's not the way that I think. He has to say that. He's an assistant captain. Uh-huh. But you know what? And, and then I don't even want to talk about the fact that he responded after his dad, what his dad said with three goals and assists, 101 points. You play against the American Hockey League. Make the playoff. Make yeah, the I playoff, mean, Matthew. Make the, make the playoff with your team, and then you could talk. Because you beat the Canadian, that's nothing. You know, you have to make the playoff. This team is a playoff team. Uh, they started the season wrong. Bobrovsky is a disaster. But anyway, uh, they still have a big chance to do it. They're fin- if they finish on a good stretch, I don't like the goaltending for the Penguin Pittsburgh. That's what could uh, bring them down right now. But anyway, we'll see what's going to happen. Who's their, who's their and- goalie? Tristan Jerry or Casey to Smith? Who's their goalie? Jerry. Who would you start in the playoffs? Well, man, Jerry cannot stop a beach ball. And Casey the Smith might as well packed in in the first round. Uh, it, 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 okay. you, know, you know what's cra- you know what's crazy about goalies? You yeah. remember year, years ago, the NHL had like creme de la creme and net. The more forward that we go, there's no more of them. Like Tony, tell me, like after Vasilevsky and and uh, and, uh, and 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 Shesterkin, tell me who's the top five goalie in the league after them. Uh, I'm sorry, Landis Hallmark is in there. Those two yeah. guys, take him out. Give me the top five in the league now. Yeah, very it's, tough. It's, man, very it's tough. crazy. It is yeah. crazy. Teams, yeah. you know, obviously, you, you know, teams teams could win. Like, you look at Colorado when they won the Cup. You're not yeah. going to win when they carry price anymore because of cap issue. But still, to have a decent goalie that could do the job, even Mark Strom in Calgary, he's a disaster. Bobrovsky is yeah. a disaster. They're all disasters, man. It, it, it's insane. Look, you know, the reality is this, is that there's a lot of goalies who are having good seasons, but maybe, just maybe, we're probably not all sold on them just yet. You know what I mean? So everyone yeah. knows that Shosturkin and Vasilevsky are the real deal. I would add Connor Hellebuck to that list, by the way, of being the real deal. He's not... He's not just Sturkin, I don't think. 
I don't think he's Vasilevsky either, but he's a good goalie. Yeah. The other goalies that are having really good years, you talked about UC Saros before, Jake Ottinger, uh, you know, Georgiev. Like I said, like the, the, the book is still out on them, but no, no, you're right. I understand what you're saying. Once upon a time, there was there was Dominic Kasich and there was Patrick Waugh and there was, you know, Marc-Andre Fleury and there was Marty Luongo. Arder, and there was Roberto Luongo and... You know. Ed Belfort, Curtis Joseph, like each team had someone that yeah. was very good. Ron Hextall was not too shabby. Well, he was crazy, that was, but... that was a little bit earlier. Okay, so now, uh, late 80s, uh, with the Philadelphia Flyers, he was awesome in um, in defeating the Canadians when, what was it, in 87, but then the Canadians got back to him and beat him in 89, but then lost out to the Calgary Flames in the Stanley Cup final. All right, did you see and or hear about um, Nick Kiprios's report. Yes, I, I have heard about it. I heard about okay. the report. For those about... who missed it, uh, Nick Kiprios, former NHLer, of course, uh, who uh, does television with Sportsnet and has his own podcast. Um, what are you drinking? Pure organic coconut water. Pure organic Coconut water. Okay. Wow. All right. How does it taste? Like coconut water. I don't know how, what can I say clearer than that? Yeah. I'm not crazy about the taste, but maybe there's some that are better than others. Maybe is that, is that good? That one there? Good, yeah. You drink too much of energy drink and bitter TV, so you don't like the natural stuff. Yeah. Uh, maybe, maybe you're right about that. Okay. Now, um, Back Nick to Gord, Jeff said, Nick Kiprio said that what he's hearing around the league is that Jeff Gordon wants to be a GM again. And uh, so if there's an opportunity that comes his way, don't be surprised if Jeff Gordon jumps on it. And I, I'm, you know, this is not word per okay. word. It's basically what I've gathered because I wasn't able to read it and I wasn't able to hear it yet. But this is, I'm just okay. going by reports. I have something to say regarding that, okay? Yeah. And uh, I know I know you're gonna talk about it tomorrow on radio. We're gonna talk about it everywhere. So you're lucky because what I'm what I'm gonna tell you is gonna make you think, and you're gonna base your argument on what I'm gonna tell you right now. And, and everybody listen. And everybody's listening. Listen to yeah. this carefully, okay? Yeah. This is bullshit, and I'll tell you why. Jeff Gorton put together the rebuild of the New York Rangers. He did an amazing job. What got him out of the Rangers is because the lack of toughness that he did when he rebuilt that team and he was out. But he yeah. did a really good job with the Rangers. With the Canadian, he is making all the trades. He is the boss. The reason why he got can't use an agent is to negotiate contract, to do this, this, these things that he can't do that he does not have time to do. So well, that, even that though I, it even, hold on, hold on, well, hold on, hold on. Let me finish. Let me finish. Pass in this market if Jeff Gordon was the GM. Yes, but let me finish though. He's making all the shots right now. He's taking all the shots. Can't use is doing the contract. He has full control with this management. He got can't use. Jeff Gordon did. Jeff Gordon like wanted to be the GM or whatever. Like, he could have been the GM anywhere that he wanted. To be the president of Montreal Canadiens, you have a job for life. So he's well-treated here. He's doing an amazing job with this team. And he's going to see a team soon that every year they won't have to break a sweat to make the playoff. Why would he go elsewhere to restart everything all over again when right now the process is what he's done with the team is awesome. So I don't see this happening at all. I understand what Kiprios is saying, but he got can't use. And then all of a sudden he's going to go because he wants to be the GM. He's making all the decision anyway. He's making it all like he did with the Rangers. So so hold on a second. So hold on a second. Uh, I don't know if he's going to go or not. I mean, at this point, only he's not going to go. I'll say this. this. I'm telling telling you he's not going. Okay, listen. Perfect. I'll say this. Nick Kiprios is real good at what he does. Yes. And, uh, you know, I don't think he's wrong to say that Jeff Gordon's name is out there. Okay. Now, because your name is out there, 
it doesn't mean you're going to end up going anywhere. Okay. Exactly. Now, but, but, but if, I, I will but say if, this. Everything but, but Tony, you said. Yeah. Okay. Tony, there's a lot of you said that's true. But, but Tony, I understand that team looking for GM, seeing that he's not a GM, you want to give him the mood. You want him on your team. But it's not going to happen. He just started a process with the most historical franchise in the league, in the history of the NHL. I don't, I don't, I don't disagree with you, and you're right. He basically, he has that position as long as he wants it. He has that position yes. as long as so, he wants it. So, Tony, so Tony, it was good to see what Scipio said. Next, next point. It's not going to happen. That's it. You heard I'm it not fearful. so sure about that, that it won't happen. I'm going to tell you why. Because you know what? He can pull off this trade, that trade, make this team better, do this, do that. Guess what? You'll never get the credit. Even though you said that Jeff Gordon is calling, even though you said that Jeff Gordon, if there has to be between one or the oh, other that is in okay. charge, even though you Tony. said that Jeff Gordon is in charge, and by the way, a lot of people believe that, okay? He'll never get hold any on. credit. Tony, hold on. This is where you're wrong. Because it doesn't, wrong. it's not, Tony, and I'll tell you why again. Forget about the fans, what they think. I know, you know, team knows, scout knows, GM knows who's making the shot. GM is talking to Jeff Gorton. They know. That's the most important thing. On the outside, if the people, now they'll know if, we're if they listen to us right now in the podcast, what I just told them, now they know. Can't use is the GM to do the negotiation, contract negotiation. Jeff Gorton is the big boss. The team that he's talked to, they know that, and that's why they want him. Why do you think, team, why do you think Jeff Gorton's name is out there? If you say, Tony, that he doesn't get recognition, then people, they wouldn't want him. They want him because he's calling the shots, and it's normal. Yes. He's one of the best in the NHL right now. He has a proven record of rebuilding a team. What yes. he's done with the Rangers, what he's, he's doing with right now. at all levels, as a GM, yeah. as an assistant so, GM, so, as a scout. So, so that's why, Tony, for the second time, next subject, it's over. Drop the mic. Okay, drop the mic. It's over. All right, okay. What are we going to talk about then? Hey, uh, let's talk about Sean Farrell's first goal in the net. Where's your pillow, by the way? Uh, ever, ever since you give me shit about not doing the show naked anymore with my pillow and everything. Why? why, why? Uh, George, George, it was okay when you did it week one. You're not wearing anything and you, you, you're holding on to a pillow. It's okay when you do it week two. It's okay when you do it week three. But as of week four, George, I was starting to see some stains on that pillow. <laughs> uh, I, there can't be any stain on the pillow because I'm vegan, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Tony, are you drinking water? My God. Yeah. I thought you were allergic to water. No, no. I. So you don't know this, but um, I don't know if you were there. But uh, on Monday... Jean Chal and I, yeah, we, uh, yeah, we made a way? bet. We made a bet. Did you, did that, you lose some weight? Okay, so I'm going to tell you what the bet is. I know uh, what the bet is. It Whoever was, loses the most amount of weight, it was in a 62, month. It was 62 days. 62 days. He gave me up until May 18, or for whatever reason, that's the date he gave me. Okay, he said he was going to lose 21. I said I was going to lose 25. Okay, I got on the scale on Monday. All right, should I say? Well, I mean, his son ended up putting it on Instagram anyway, so I might as well just say it. But uh, I got on the scale on Monday at 271.2. Monday at 8.15 a.m. It's Thursday, 10.30 p.m. What do you think the scale said two hours ago? 260. 260.1. Yeah, so I dropped... Um, uh, 11 pounds, 11.1 pounds. Tony, but, uh, you know, I, I'm not getting carried away. Everyone Tony, told Tony, me the first 10 are easy. Tony, yeah, the first 10 are easy. The first 10 is just water. So relax. You have to start working out because you just lost. It's water retention. That's all there is. If you start eating more normally or whatever, you'll gain it all back. You have to start moving a bit, working out a bit, bro. I, uh, It's taken care of. I have a plan. And if you would see me eating the last three days, you would be proud, my friend. You would be well. You would be proud in a way. In a way, you wouldn't be because I I do have meat, so you'd probably be disappointed about that. But 
very, very heavy on the vegetables. I'm having vegetables and water like it's going out of my ears. Like you can't nice. believe. Awesome. Yeah. I, today, I probably drank four liters. That's a lot. That's a lot? Yeah, that's a lot. You know what? I had somebody tell me I should be drinking four liters. Why is it a yeah. lot? Tell me. I usually, well, I'm vegan also, right? So it's different. So I get a lot of my uh, water in my vegetables and my fruit that I have every day. So I drink about three liters a day and I'm 300 pounds, right? So um, you're smarter than me. Um, I don't know how much vegetable fruits that you have, but if you have a lot of water through the, the fruit and vegetables you have, you don't need as much water. So it's just that four liters is a lot. Be careful. Be careful. Yeah, I, 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 I'm not an expert in terms of water eating, but I've heard that too much I spoke, water also is I not good. To, I spoke to one earlier today. You know, we pee out about three liters a day. So we have to replace that. Yeah, anyway, I have to. Anyway, I'm not an expert, okay? Let's change conversation. But um, I'm going to tell you something. I've said this before, but my wife in the past, when I told her I was going to drop weight, a day in, her, my family members, everyone, they would tell me, um, you're not ready. And guess what? They were always right. This time, they're all watching me go, and they all believe I'm ready. Congratulations. Yeah, they all believe I'm ready. Keep so, it up, Tony. Keep it all up. Right. Oh, I, I, I could keep it up for hours. <laughs> <laughs> that's not what she told me that's why she she's been calling me uh when you at work <laughs> yeah she's calling you yeah her name is bob <laughs> <laughs> and then you tease me about my pillow man i didn't know where, you were bike. i didn't know you were a biker where's 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 the pillow go grab the pillow where's the pillow hey hey i didn't know you were biker yesterday Hey, let's let's change conversation. I don't want to get in trouble here. Let's change. Stop, 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 stop. Okay. Let's you, know, uh, you don't want to talk about Bob. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh. Let's, let's we should we should just end everyone's laughing. We should just we should just end the show right now. We should just end it right. Hey, did you see uh Nicolas Delaurier? Oh what a, man, yeah, of course I the fight, of course I did. He's amazing, man. You know, and then people talking against fighting, everybody was on their feet. He is amazing. I love this energy. I love this guy. We you had him what? in Montreal. He was he was always tough, but he got like stronger. I find ever since I think he got his face broken on one occasion or whatever. Yeah. But I think he became smarter as a fighter. But he's he's got a lot of courage. I mean, I'm look. I would imagine everyone that fights does. But even after those injuries, he's got so much courage. Tonight he fought Watson. He did really well against Watson, and after that, Kastelich wanted to get them. He got to him, too. Let's go. Referees got in the way. No, no, forget about it. Uh, my God, man, it's 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 unbelievable. No, I, lo I, I love the energy this guy brings. Uh, Watson is not in his league also. We have to yeah. admit that. Yeah. But still, he's the top, one of the top heavyweight in the league with uh, Ryan Reeves. Anyway, listen, this guy, you know what? As much as it was nice having him in Montreal... Nicolas Delaurier was born to be a flyer. I believe that. Yeah. Well, right. Yeah, For what but... they want to do now. Did you hear Daniel Briere a couple of days ago? He's saying, you know what? The fans, uh, we got away from what the fans want. You know, they used to have Philadelphia Flyers hockey. We haven't given it to them over the past couple of years. We have to get back to it. I think a little bit of what he's talking about. Yeah. Not only being competitive and making the playoffs and having a team that compete for the Stanley Cup. I think he's talking about having players like Delorier. I agree. Too, you know? Yeah, I agree. I agree. Well, so where's the pillow? There's no pillows, Tony. It's just the okay. treadmill that is the, the so treadmill. One thing that Look, has made the news. This is what you need: the treadmill right there. Okay, how how are we going to do this now? Because I I have a treadmill about ten feet away from me, and I want to show you, but I my camera can't follow, so I can't do that. We have to, I know I have you to get. You know what I got to do? Right, listen, to take the sick podcast to another level. Okay. Yeah. What I got to do is I got to end up in, in, in a loft or a penthouse or a warehouse. I have to have 
videographers, live camera people there following me around. That's going to be the next edition of the sick podcast. It has to be because I want to, I can't like, you know, like uh, anyway, whatever it is, what it is. Okay. Um, what were we talking about? Delorier? Uh, yeah, we were, we but, 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 but you're but laughing. Tony, why? Why are you laughing about? Are you still laughing about the pillow or what? <laughs> no, no, but tell, Tony, me it's... tell me the truth. About what? About what? Back in the day of Bleu Nuit. I, I didn't watch Bleu Nuit. <laughs> Liar. I, Tony, I watch real stuff, not Bleu Nuit. Stop. Everybody watch Bleu Nuit. Stop. No, I watch real stuff. Bleu Nuit, you didn't show anything. <laughs> and when you watched, you, you, you hold on to your... <laughs> No, Tony, I don't hold on to my pillow when I watch stuff. Maybe that's what you do because you haven't figured it out yet. But no, I have better thing to hold on to than a pillow when I watch anything uh, like that oh years ago. <laughs> um, all right, okay. Uh, what a bad night for Nick Suzuki, eh? His, uh, his, giveaway, oh. his giveaway on the uh, Lundell picks his pocket. But, you know, that, that like, Tony, if, Tony, if they were playing, and look, if they were playing for a playoff spot, he wouldn't try to. To, Tony, to, to be the last man back and try and deke like that, it still listen, probably drove Marty St. Louis crazy anyway, Tony, even though they're Tony, out. Yeah. This man has been playing so much minutes. He's the only center out there. Dak hurts, like, doesn't help him because he has to take all responsibility. Dwayne is a disaster. Like, the guy, there's only so much you could take. He's looking, everybody's going down. Clearly, he wants to play all 82 games this year. I'm pretty sure he's not 100%, but he's a proud guy, a proud captain. He's there every game. It's going to happen sometimes. The team lost, good. We need him to lose, good. He made a mistake, good. Man, he's going to finish with 65 points this year. What else do you want to ask the guy? Leave him alone. Tony, I'm going to bed. Last question. Okay. Alfred Vegas says Nick Suzuki is not a number one centerman. You want to respond? Uh, well, I understand why you're saying that because I know with many teams in the NHL, he wouldn't be. I think that, he, and he's young again, he's not even in his, in his prime yet. He is going to eventually be a true number one centerman. Today, he's not. Yes, I admit it. But, you know, we, have to, we just have to be patient and look at the players that are around him right now. What, what's so funny? <laughs> What's funny? Because the second I started talking to you about Bleu Nuit and the pillow, one minute later you said, Tony, I got to go to bed. Are you eating mushroom or something? What's wrong with you? It's not even funny. What are you laughing about? Well, because I brought it up and a minute later you said you got to go to bed. I have a feeling... I have a Tony, feeling. <laughs> Tony, I got to go to bed because I'm get up at 5 in the morning because I have to run in the morning. Look at this. That's what I have to do. Not I'm, eating cala, not eating calavoni with coffees or whatever you're doing in the morning. You you get on the treadmill at uh, at 5 o'clock in the morning? Yes. Good for you. I, I run and then I, on an empty stomach, I, I yeah. do the uh, – I don't eat for 16 hours every day, intermittent fasting. Start doing that, run an empty stomach, it burns everything, and then I shower, go to work, and I wait before I eat anything. So I, I will every- say, I, I, will, I will give away one of my secrets. Uh, I'm eating twice a day right now, lunch and supper. There's no breakfast yeah. right now with, with the program that I'm following. Yeah, I want to have one meal a day and snacks, that's it. You have one meal a day and snacks? Yeah, yeah, that's it. And when, what time do you have your meal at? Like... Uh, Four o'clock. Four o'clock in the afternoon? Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Anyway, you and I will talk about it on another. Hey, listen, your kid's birthday. Thank you. I'm disappointed they didn't enjoy the game. Uh, and hopefully they weren't watching the podcast. No, dear sleeping. All right. Okay, good. Go enjoy um, your family. Thanks for doing this, George. We'll talk to you soon. You're welcome. All right. All right. There you have it. George Larac is a good sport. We always have a good laugh with George. I'm going to give out the number. Because uh, you know what? Uh, you can call. It's time for You Called. You Called. 
presented by Playground. Um, you Called is brought to you by Playground. Major poker festivals at Playground. Uh, the March Million features 10 ring events and a million dollars in guaranteed prize pools, including a 400000 guaranteed main event play. In Playground's March Million Poker Series from March 23rd to April 2nd, visit playground.ca for details. We'll open up the phone lines, and as usual, we'll also get to uh, we'll also get to um, we'll also get to your um, uh, your um, your comments, your questions, and we'll get to those as well. So whether you have questions or whether you have comments, no problem at all. Okay, um, at one triple eight five eight five six one triple eight five eight five six. All right. Jeez, I think I, I went overtime with George Larac. I had no idea. I'm reading some comments right now at the beginning. Uh, he had uh, he had told me that he had to get off at a certain time, and I just saw it right now. Yikes. Sorry, George. Don't hold it against me. Um, all right, okay. I know that Frank Consolo has asked 66 spinning, my buddy Stefan in Quebec Cité, to call in. But uh, Stefan, look, he's a good – he says, guys, it's your turn tonight. Let's go for another big night. No, we're not going for another big night tonight. We're not. We're not. There's only so many arguments I can get into with my wife. And my wife, the other night, I went until 1230 a.m. And uh, she told me I speak very loud. And she had a hard time falling asleep. And uh, she's not too far from me right now. And uh, I don't want to speak loud again. I don't want to go long again. Uh, I don't want to disrupt her sleep again. Because uh, she was mad at me for a couple of days. And uh, happy wife, happy life. So at 11 p.m. tonight, I think that's it. Because I don't want to upset my wife, you know. Already upset her enough. All right, okay. Um, Let's get to some comments. Let's get to some calls. And Yellow, you let me know. Uh, Barry says, not trying to be a pest, but seriously, I've been watching hockey since 1974, and the NHL officiating has never been worse than it is now. Paros and his disciplinary role is just not good enough. Uh, no, I don't think he's passed the test. I think the other day, by the way, A.J. Greer and Mike Hoffman to get a one-game suspension, I think it's an absolute joke. Uh, by the way, I don't like four officials on the ice either, especially when they still get it wrong. I'd rather they go back to three. And... Um, I think the National Hockey League right now, in terms of officiating, out of all the sports leagues, they're the ones who fall fall behind. Next. Tony, what rookie do you think is most likely to start opening night next season? What rookie do I think is most likely to start opening night next season? Well, rookie next year or rookie that they have this year? I'm not so sure I understand the question. I'm not so sure I understand the question, but I mean, you would think pretty much a lot of the young players that are here this year are going to be on the team next year. Jordan Harris will be on that team next year. Caden Gooley will be on that team next year. Slavkowski will be on that team next year. I mean, not so sure I, I understand the question, but we'll have a young team next year. They'll sprinkle in a couple of veterans who are still there because of their contracts. And eventually, when those veterans have a year or two left and their contract's going to be up, they won't bring them back and they'll be gone and they'll end up trading them if they can. That's the way it's going to go down. Next. Raymond Singh, sign, sold. Tony, great show as always. You see the Habs making a huge move that doesn't involve Pierre-Luc Dubois this summer at the draft like a Kirby Doc. Great question. I would say that based on where they're going to draft and they'll have two picks in the first round, if one of them isn't used in an eventual deal for Pierre-Luc Dubois, then I would say that, no, I don't think they'll make that kind of deal if it's not going to be Dubois. Now, speaking of Dubois, I don't see what the urgency is. I wouldn't give up top picks or top prospects for Dubois, who is going to be available. Look, everyone's saying that he wants to play for the Montreal Canadiens, and it looks that way, by the way. He opened up his own foundation. You know, he was, he, you know, it's, it's, he's going to be doing great things in the community. You know, he's, he's from here. 
He grew up liking the Montreal Canadiens and, and stuff. You, you know, he wouldn't be the first that wants to come back home. It looks like it. But you see, there's this infatuation with a certain sector of the media that want him here like yesterday. They want him here immediately. Oh, no, they have to make a trade for him this summer. Uh, and, and so then I say, but hold on a second. I don't understand. At the end of the year, his contract is up. His contract's up on the, at the end of June. So he's going to sign a new contract. So if he wants to leave Winnipeg, all he has to do is get that one-year deal because he's going to be an RFA, right? So he gets the one-year deal, correct? Perfect. Okay. So then the Jets, let's just say they try and bring him back. He says, no, I, I'm not coming back, uh, you know, like or we'll, we'll talk at the end of the year because he wants to leave and go to Montreal, right? So the Jets take the decision to trade him. So the Jets trade him. Perfect. No problem. They trade him to whichever team. Pick a team. They trade him to, uh, uh, I don't know, pick a team. They trade him to, uh, I don't know, whatever team. Detroit. So they trade him to Detroit, okay, for example. So he goes to Detroit, and then the season's over, and his contract's up, and Detroit want to sign him to a new deal. And he doesn't sign so then he's UFA, and he signs with the Montreal Canadiens. If he really wants to come to Montreal, the Canadiens don't have to give up anything for him. You know, this urgency of going, oh, no, no, you have, you have to go get him right away because then if you don't, you're going to end up losing him, this, that, and whatever, and all that stuff. I, I, I don't see it that way. I don't. And by the way, look, I take him on my team. I would. You know when I take him on my team? When he plays the way he's capable of playing at his best. But in the last 20 games or so, 25 games, Pierre-Luc Dubois has been below average. And you remember that shift with the Columbus Blue Jackets, that shift where he went out? And it's probably, in terms of being disinterested, it's probably one of the worst shifts in the history of hockey. And so I'm not going to tell you I'm not worried because if they would go after him, it all depends on which Pierre-Luc Dubois you're going to get. It all depends on which one you're going to get. I don't know. Worries me a little bit. Not going to lie to you. Worries me a little bit. Next. If you want to call in, uh, Agnello told me that the uh, the lines are open right now. Let me see. Okay. one 585 This one here from Peter. Do you believe that Hughes will be wheeling and dealing this summer more so than last year? I mean, I was just asked that by Raymond Singh. Guys, I don't think there's going to be Unless there's something that happens with Dubois, okay. But if it doesn't, I don't think so. Not all that much. No, I don't. If you want a show, it will be a Dubois show. Says Jean-Francois Petri. Says Raymond St. Pierre-Luc Dubois and Jonathan Drouin are from the same part of Quebec and played in the same minor hockey. St. Agath. Others, Montreal will never have a hundred player, a hundred point player. I wouldn't say that. They did before; they will again. I'll tell you right now that if the Canadians win the lottery, they will. That I can tell you. Next up, uh, if the team was fairly healthy this season, how many more points do you think they would have had? Let's say twelve. Let's say 12. But at the end of the day, the goal is to win the cup, man. That's the goal. Goal is to win the cup. Everyone's still asking me about Michkov. Folks, you know where I stand? If he's a, if the Canadians have the fifth pick, for example, if they have pick number five or six or seven, and he's available... I pick Michkov. 
At five, six, or seven, I do, especially at seven. You can have the debate, of course, at five or six, but this guy's a phenomenal talent. Phenomenal talent. His hands are amazing. Where else are we going here? I don't know why, but I've like totally lost communication with Agnello and Sammy. So we probably have calls ringing off the hook, and I I don't know. Uh, does Suzuki have a 100-point season in him when he hits his prime? Yes. I don't know when, but Nick Suzuki will hit 100 points at some point. I believe that. I believe that he will. At some point, he's going to hit 100 points. Yep. He'll hit 100 points. All right. Uh, others. Michael Pizzetta is a guy that I would re-sign because of how much of a team player he is. Barely played half the season. Didn't hear a word from the guy. Puts everything on the ice. You're right. Um, Olivier, uh, or probably Olivier Daniel, or or Daniel Olivier. Um, or maybe Olivier Daniel, yeah. Okay, so, yes, everyone loves Michael Pizzetta. Great guy. Leaves it all on the ice. At the end of the day, you know, he's a 12-13. That's, that's what he is. I mean, just take a look at the ice time they give him. Doesn't get that much. The ice time they give him leads you to believe, and if they would, you know, they wouldn't have injuries right now, you know, he might not be in the lineup. Might not. Others. My God, we have a lot of questions tonight. Will Montembeau be our number one next year? Well, he could be the number one on the Montreal Canadiens, yes, but that doesn't mean he's the number one in the National Hockey League. Next. Um, oh, what do we have here? We have Larry. Yes, and, how are you? Larry in Burlington, is that right? That's right. What's going on? I talked talk to you before. However, you know, Tony, I, I'm going to disagree with you on one thing, and that's on Mishkoff, Mishkoff or whatever his name is. Yeah. Just hear me out for a second. Yeah. I don't know how, uh, whether you read the news or you know what's happening in the world out there. Yeah, but I know exactly what's happening in Russia, yes. First pick for this guy. And this guy, it, what's happening in Russia right now is mm-hmm. incredible. And mm-hmm. what's going to happen in the next year, next two years, there's going to be no trade. There's going to be nothing between Russia, America, Canada. They're going to cut everything off. That, I think, is going to happen. So why would you go out, risk a first-round draft pick for a guy that will never, never happen? And that's that's my argument. I mm-hmm. agree he's a great hockey player, but that's way too risky of a move. Too much risk in, in there for me to to uh, go for this guy. That's fine because in life, if you don't risk, I'm I'm a risk taker. I take risks. Some stay in their comfort zone. I don't. That's just me. By the way, I might be wrong here, and I might strike out, and I might screw it up. And by the way, if I was the gem of the Montreal Canadiens, maybe I wouldn't. It's probably easy for me to say I'm in Villa Salle in my basement, which I built a podcast studio in, and I'm on YouTube Live and Facebook Live and Twitter Live. It's easy for me to say My job does not depend on it. From here, from where I am, I tell you, I'm a risk taker. If I see the Canadians pass on Michkov, I wouldn't be surprised. And when Grant tells me that he could slide out of the top 10 easily, I believe him. He's talking to scouts. And if he's saying that, it's because the scouts are telling him that. Now, I believe that going forward, Russian players will still be able to play in the National Hockey League. I don't know that for a fact. 
I don't know if anybody knows that for a fact. It's just my gut. And I'm a risk taker. So the bottom line is, right now I'm not right. I'm not wrong. You're not right. And you're not wrong. We'll have to see when we get there. And if one day Michkov doesn't come over, you can call me and say, Tony, I told you so. And if he does come over and the Canadians have him or someone else gets him and he steps in a couple of years from now and he plays like Kirill Kaprasov plays with the Wild, then I'll tell you, hey, bud, I told you so. That's the way it's going to go down. I, I, I totally agree with that. I'm a, a large risk taker myself. But then uh, at 70 years old, uh, there's risks that I don't take. But that's okay. We're just talking risk. I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. Anyways, Tony, it's a good show. I watch you every night. Thank you. I appreciate it, Larry. I appreciate it. What do you make of this uh, report by um, Nick Kiprios that um, Jeff Gordon could be interesting in being a GM somewhere? I think that uh, Kiprios is just putting that stuff out there just to create uh, havoc. In the, in the, he's not a Habs fan. He's got, he's got no use for Montreal. And that's the kind of guy he is. It's just BS. I don't know about that. I mean, Nick Kiprios wrote this in the Toronto Star. The Canadians are not making the playoffs. You think he just wrote it to what? To to get people talking? To You don't think somebody whispered that in his ear? Larry? I don't know. I, I Let's take a look at, you know, George Lorac. I don't necessarily uh, uh, agree with everything uh, he said. But you know what? This is the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, this guy is in the best league or the best team in the in the league. Uh, I don't think uh, he's going to leave. Uh, there's no reason to be, look at his success so far. He's yeah. got a complete team going on. Why would you leave something good? So what did uh, what does George say that you don't agree with, by the way? Because you said, I don't agree with everything he says. Well, the 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 trade with. Uh, um, Mike Math- uh, Matheson, where were, you know, that trade didn't happen. And, uh, you know, this, uh, tell, telling another team that, uh, don't trade Edmondson, uh, because he's got a bad back. All this stuff should be kept inside. You shouldn't be blabbing that out, uh, 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 in the, in the, in the media. Why that, not? That should be all kept. It, He's a Montreal Canadian, an ex-Montreal Canadian. No, he's no, Larry. Larry, he's a member. Larry, he's a member of the media. He hosts a show to an hour. Larry, Larry, hold on a second. In Montreal, or out of Montreal, George Larac hosts a show called Le Monde de Georges, Monday to Friday, from 11 a.m. to 1.30 p.m. So he's a member of the media. He's a sports radio host, full-time sports radio host. He has contacts in the industry like many other sports radio hosts have contacts. He probably has more than some. He probably has less than some. The fact that he played in the National Hockey League, I'm sure, has given him some opportunities to talk to a few people. He gets certain information that people want to share with him. He knows what he can say and what he can't say. If he's saying something, it's because someone whispered in his ear and he was told that it was not off the record. When we're given information, we're told whether it's off the record or on the record. And when we're told that it's not off the record or we're told, listen, don't use my name, but you can say it because this is it. Then you run with it. So what do you what do, what do you want George Larac to do, Larry? To to host his own radio show five days a week, two and a half hours a day, and not give his listeners any inside information, nothing. Well, what kind of radio show he's going to host? Talk about his pillow for two and a half hours. But nothing came to fruition, did it? But 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 Larry, nothing. You know, things don't always come to fruition. Mm-hmm. You remember when when Nick Kiprios came out and said that 
you know, Shea Weber's injury he's hearing is career ending. He said that. Shea Weber returned to play six days later. Nick Kiprios got absolutely destroyed for it. People told him, people said that he made it up. A year and a half later, Shea Weber basically has retired. You want to know why? Because Kiprios was right with his report. And Weber went against doctor's orders, basically, and decided to play through excruciating pain as much as he could until he had to get operated because then once he got operated, there was going to be a fusion and he couldn't play anymore. Everyone said that Kiprios was lying. He made it up. It didn't come to fruition, this and that. He was right. But it didn't happen the second he said it because a player decided to play through excruciating pain. George was told that, hey, there's a good chance the Canadians are going to trade Michael Matheson. Now, I never thought that was going to happen. But do you think George just made it up? Somebody whispered in his ear. Maybe somebody gave him right info that didn't materialize. Maybe somebody gave him wrong info. And if somebody gave him wrong info, as a sports radio host, when somebody starts giving you wrong info, you weed them out and you're like, okay, that's no longer a source. That's the way it works. Edmondson with his bad back. You don't think Edmondson has a bad back? Of course, that's 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 known. So he told he told Edmonton, buyer beware. I wouldn't I wouldn't acquire um, Edmondson. That doesn't mean that Edmondson was not going to acquire him. If they were going to strike out on Matthias Ekholm, they were probably going to go for uh, Edmondson. But George gave his opinion to Edmonton. I don't have a problem with him saying it, Larry. I respect your opinion, eh, Larry, and I thank you for calling in, but I don't have a problem with him saying it. He's a member of the media now, George, uh, Larry. Well, it is what it is. And uh, you ever, Hold on a second. You ever, you, Larry, you ever hear Chris Nyland give you inside info? It happens very, yeah, very often. Very often. You want to know why? He's a member of the media now. Mm-hmm. He had a sports radio show for about 10 years, and now he's a full-time podcaster. Okay. All right, Larry. Good talking to you. Well, thank you. You're very welcome. It's me that thanks you. All right. There you have it. If you want to follow that up, one 585 7425 Larry has his opinion. I have mine. That's it. You can find Kiprios's comments in the Toronto Star, by the way. I um, I was messaging him before, and I said, "Hey, Nick, I got word of your comments and stuff. Where did you Where did you make these comments?" And he just sent me the. Uh, he told me it was in the Toronto Star. So if you want to go check it out, it's in the Toronto Star. Yeah, there you have it. Others uh, coming in and yellow. We're going to get to one more or what? What are we doing here? Let's see if we. Uh, maybe one more comment to finish off the night. Will Caulfield get a larger contract than Suzuki? Okay. I don't know. Now, yesterday on the sick podcast, I told Mark Andre Perot that based on what I'm hearing, Cole Caulfield will sign a contract with the Canadians before the season is over. The final game of the regular season is Thursday, April 13th. The Canadians host the Boston Bruins. And this is what I'm hearing. They have been um, at it. When Jeff Gordon gave a smile to members of the media the other day, it's because they've been at it. Pat Brisson and Kent Hughes have been at it. Um, they've had Zoom calls that have gone on for hours and hours and hours. And when you start having Zoom calls that are going on for hours, it's because, um, you know, you're at work there. So now, 
what does it lead me to believe? It leads me to believe, and I don't know what I'm going to tell you next for a fact, but it leads me to believe that the fact that it's taken this long and they've been at it here for hours and hours and hours, it leads me to believe there's three scenarios on the table, eight years, seven years, and three years. Which one he's going to sign and how much he's going to sign for? I don't know. Is he going to sign for more than Suzuki? I, listen, he's going to get at least $7 million a year, and he's going to get max $9 million a year. So he might, you know, just get somewhere in the middle and get eight, or he might sign for the exact same number as Nick Suzuki. If he's going to get more than Suzuki, it's not going to be a lot more. And if he's going to get less, it's not going to be a lot less. Folks, spin it any way, the way, any way you want. It's going to end up being, if it's a long-term deal, it'll end up being upwards of $7 million and anywhere between 7 and 9. That's the way it's going to go down. I would think they're looking at 8, 7, or 3-year deal. And, of course, the Montreal Canadiens would love nothing more than to announce an eight-year deal or a seven-year deal. This way they can say to the fan base, hey, you know what? Nick Suzuki, Cole Caulfield, best of friends, are two top guns. One's a center. The other one's a winger. They both play on the same line. One feeds one. The other one scores. They, you know, they both pick up points. They're the face of the franchise going forward, and they're going to be with you for the same amount of time. And then the Canadians know that that is their window to win a Stanley Cup. That's what I think the Montreal Canadiens want. What does Pat Brisson want? That I don't know. Pat Brisson might say, hey, Cole, you know what? I know you're tempted by seven or eight years, man, but I think we should sign three. He might say that. Then Cole should say, uh, Pat, yeah, but you know what? Uh, uh, what if I uh, What if I get injured? What if I don't this? What I don't that? I don't put up numbers and well. And Pat might be saying, yeah, well, you know what? Let's, you know, we have to be optimistic and let's just say you're healthy and the next three years you score 40, 45, and then 50. Well, then Cole, you're going to end up getting upwards of $10 million on your next contract. And Cole might do that and he might chance it or he might not want to chance it. I'm not going to chance getting in trouble with my wife again because she was really upset when I went to bed at like 1230. She told me I was too loud. All right, I'm loud. Uh, it's a sick podcast. Can we bring in Agnello and Sammy? Let's bring in Agnello and Sammy. Ooh. All right, you ready? Yep. Are we ready to go? Let's go, man. Okay. Your Cavallaro. Your Marinaro. I'm Marinaro, the sick podcast. Follow us on Facebook. YouTube, Twitter, like it, share it with your friends, comment sick. And if you check us out on Google, Apple, or Spotify, leave us a five-star review. We very much appreciate it. We'll be back tomorrow night, same time, same place, 10 o'clock. Look at Sammy. What a star. Love that kid. The Sick Podcast. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow The Sick Podcast with Tony Marinero on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. The Sick Podcast is brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. La Vida TV. Embrace your true nature.